0: Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now, your host, James Swanson. Six receivers down in the 2019 NFL Rookie Draft class, two more tonight for you. You'll be hearing this podcast on Monday morning. We have J.J. Orsega whiteside from Stanford, Riley Ridley, the brother of uh, Mr. Ridley for the Atlanta Falcons, Calvin Ridley. And he's coming out of Georgia, so we got these two guys for you tonight. I'm going to talk about, again, a lot of the pros and cons and some of the things that these guys do well and some of the things that they don't do well. Very Two very different receivers from guys that we've already talked about. We've talked about a lot of big receivers like DK Metcalf, like Kelvin Harmon, like Nikhil Harry, guys who are big, some guys very athletic, they're fast, uh, playmakers with the ball in their hands. These two guys tonight, I keep saying tonight, you're going to, again, you're going to hear this on Monday morning, recording this on Sunday night. These two guys are a little bit different. They don't win necessarily with speed and quickness. Not exceptional athletes, but they do have a couple skill sets that I think are very unique. They're very good, and I think that they could make an impact at the next level in two very different ways from one another. J.J. Arcega Whiteside from Stanford is a guy who's big. He uses exceptional body control. He won't be outfought for the football. And when we're talking about somebody who around the end zone, in the end zone, is going to be a very effective playmaker, somebody that you're going to want to get the football in their hands, using some fade routes, some jump balls, some corner routes. He's a guy who can win in those situations consistently. And Riley Ridley, on the other hand, is somebody who uses quickness off the line of scrimmage, is quick to get into his routes, five, seven, ten yards down the field. I think he's somebody who shows some excellent ability to win after the catch. You know, he's a, he's a guy who looks like a very good runner with the football in his hands after catching the football. So these are two guys that, that, that win differently. They kind of portray their skill sets a little bit differently. But two guys that I think if they're in the right situation could make an impact at the next level. Again, totally different from what we talked about before. I think a lot of the receivers that are going to go in the first and second round are going to make an impact, no matter what team they're with. Now, DK Metcalf going to the Buffalo Bills isn't isn't an exceptional is not an exceptional landing spot, but I think for the most part, Calvin Harmon, DK Metcalf, Nikhil Harry, some of these other guys that we've already talked about, I think can make an impact anywhere. I think for Sega Whiteside, I think for Riley Ridley, it's going to be. A little bit different of a situation. I think they're going to have to go into a good spot. Much like Calvin Ridley went to a, a home with Julio Jones, I think Riley Ridley would benefit the same way. I don't think either of these guys are going to be number one wide receivers. But we'll see what happens. So again, six receivers in the books. Two more on this podcast. Riley Ridley out of Georgia. J.J. Sega Arcega- Arcega- Whiteside out of Stanford. So let's get into it and I'll go a little bit more into each player, starting with Whiteside. So this is a big wide receiver, 6'2", 225 pounds. You're going to be hard to find somebody in this draft class who uses their body quite to their profile more than Arcega Whiteside. He plays all of that, all of 6'2", 225 pounds, nine and a half inch hands, which is pretty average for the most part, 33 quarter inch arms. A little bit above average. So again, I mentioned the ex- excellent body control. He has a basketball background that he uses extremely well. Boxes out DBs. Consistently wins 50-50 balls, jump balls in and around the end zone. That's the first note that I wrote down. It's his biggest skill set. It's his most valuable skill set in the next level. It can't be under You know, kind of understated that this guy might be better at, at what he does than any other player in this draft class in what they do. And and that's just the ability to to outfight guys. Nobody is going to outfight this guy for the football. When he gets his shoulders squared back to the line of scrimmage and it's a jump ball, jump ball, excuse me, with with, with your feet in place. And it's just fighting the other guy for the football, right? And there's no real momentum to go off of. Uh it, it's just mono and mono. And and he is ex excellent at that. I can't find another receiver in this draft class who does that better than J.J. Sega whiteside Now, he's going to be a weapon in and around the end zone. My concern is, is he going to be much of a factor in between the 20s? I don't think so. I don't think he has that kind of skill set where he wins consistently off the line. I don't think he's very quick. He's got a little bit of a shake-and-bake move at the line of scrimmage, but I don't think at the next level he's going to win with that very often. I don't think he accelerates very well. I don't think he has great speed, great quickness. So, you know, he could... look we see these guys all the time, right? I mean, Antonio Brown came in the league and ran a, what, a four, five, eight, forty, 40? And there's guys all the time that can, you know, Des Bryant, even later in his career now, talk about not being able to create separation. There's a difference. I mean, I think that you can, you know, come into, you know, a guy like this can come into the league with this kind of profile who doesn't create a lot of separation, doesn't show above average quickness, acceleration, speed, is not a great athlete. But I think that he, if he can kind of, you know, Work his craft into a into a prominent role with a team, uh, you know that has a quarterback that kind of fits his skill set. Then I think you know th- this guy could be, have a really really effective role in an offense, and uh, certainly a guy who could get, uh, I mean, really close to double digit touchdowns. I do believe that at some point in his career. I don't think he's going to be a guy who necessarily comes in the league and sets the league on fire right away. I think it's going to take a little bit, but I think he's going to have a role in an offense, with that skill set, with the ability to use a basketball-type background, you know, kind of like an Antonio Gates, in a way, just playing on the outside. And he uses it extremely effectively. He is going to be a factor. It's just a matter of when, it's a matter of, again, of what team he fits with, what quarterback he, excuse me, gels with. I think that's all going to be important for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. But at the end of the day, I think he's got some really good things that he does that he does well. Again, I, I don't think he's going to be a factor in between the twenties, but I think that, you know, he's extremely good at using his hands to catch the ball above his head and in traffic. So when we're talking about down the field even, you know, some sideline routes, I think he shows again, those basketball like skills that he does in the red zone in the end zone. I think he will he will exhibit that a bit in between the twenties, but consistently I don't see him being much of a factor there. And again, he won't be out-fought for the football. That can't be understated. He's hard to push around. And when DBs, it's it's actually unbelievable. I, I've never seen so many def- defensive backs on one wide receiver absolutely just mauling the guy. And you can't push him around. You cannot outfight fight him for the football. He will always win those battles. He knows how to use his leverage and size extremely well, which I'm very impressed with. I think he has excellent concentration. So... It's not just about the body control and the leverage and, and the use of his size. It's it's also about just that excellent concentration when the football's in the air. He knows that's his ball. He's gonna go up, he's gonna high point it, he's always gonna win those battles. I shouldn't say always, but it seems like he's gonna win those battles more times than not. We'll see how it kind of translates to the to the next level. Uh, particularly when he starts going up against bigger defensive backs. But if he gets up against, you know, a lot of guys, five eleven, even six foot you know, corners. He's going to win a lot of those battles. And just based on that, you know, not just the size, but the 225 pounds that he's packing, this is a big guy who plays with all of his weight. So again, can't be understated just how much leverage, how much body control he plays with. I'm very impressed in all those areas. You know, again, DBs are just consistently all over him, and he still comes down with the football. It's just it, it is pretty impressive to watch. It's kind of funny. It's almost comical to watch him in the red zone and the way de- defensive backs try to defend him, which is completely illegal. Like the way these guys are all over him. Like it, it it's a flag every time, and he still finds a way to win. So very impressed with uh with the ability in the red zone, around the red zone, around the end zone. I I should say for JJ Arcega-Whiteside unique skill set. He again, not very explosive. I think he possesses average to below average quickness, acceleration and speed and again doesn't create a ton of separation. So those were my notes on him. Look, if I had to be honest, I think he's going to fall behind all the guys that we mentioned so far. So uh you know, the first 6, I think he's behind all of them. But again, I this is just another interesting player who I think his unique skill set will come into play somewhere. It's just a matter of when and how much fantasy production he can actually you know kind of muster, you know, for your for your team, for your uh for your dynasty team. And of course, when we get into uh when we get into August and September, we talk about regular redrafts too. You know, a lot of these guys will kind of resurface based on how they're doing um, you know, during their mini camps and during during the summer workouts, during training camp, things like that. Stock will go up and down, but right now when we're talking about rookie drafts, I do think that J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is behind the six players that I already mentioned, and the next player, the last player tonight that we're going to talk about, Riley Ridley out of Georgia. So again, I mentioned his brother Calvin Ridley, who was a bit better of a prospect, a little bit more athletic. Two guys who really did not have a good vertical thirty. What was it? Thirty and a half inches for Riley Ridley, not very impressive. Bench thirteen reps, four five eight forty. So again, nothing you know off the charts there in terms of. Um, you know, pure speed, uh, 32 and a half inch arms, ten and a half, ten and a quarter inch hands, which is which is uh, you know, above average, pretty big hands. Six one and a half, 199 pounds. So he's not, you know, he's not a tiny guy, but he doesn't have a big frame on him. Um the one thing that I think he does extremely well, I think he creates very good separation on comeback routes. He he actually has the most impressive you know, kind of come back, put your foot in the ground, plant hard, quick, come back to the football, and make a move on that first hard plant. I think he does that better than maybe just about anybody that I've seen so far. He, his start-stop is what we're talking about here, right? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Plants his foot hard in the ground, makes him move quickly. I'm impressed on his just willingness to not give up on plays. I think he shows excellent field awareness There was a play that I watched. I can't remember what game it was. It might have been that Texas game, the bowl game, which Georgia went on to lose. And he made a play where he caught the ball and ran the sideline, and he and he got spun around down the ground, but he was laying on top of a defender, got up, still kept went down the sideline, made a very hard cut back into the middle of the field, picked up a few extra yards on the play. And he showed really good awareness, I thought, not stepping out of bounds. But that wasn't the only time. I thought he did that a few times. I love to see that at of young receivers, just the field awareness, knowing where you're at in the field, and not stepping out of bounds and may, being able to make plays around the sideline. I think he does that extremely well. Maybe, you know, one of the better, uh, you know, kind of displays that better than than most of the other receivers we've seen so far. I think he high points the ball very well. Again, he's just not a great athlete He makes some really impressive sideline catches, some back shoulder plays. I think he shows pretty good body control, not the best that we've seen so far. He's a natural runner after the catch. That is one thing that he does, I thought, very well, is he is very natural with the football after the catch, running with the football. And he'll show some physicality despite being just under 200 pounds. Again, the body frame is not that big, but he is very physical... Not I shouldn't say very physical, but he will show a willingness to kind of put his head in there, pick up a few extra yards, uh, you know, with the football in his hands after the catch. So I was I was impressed with that as well. Now the cons that we when we talk about his production at Georgia this past season, and you look at it just from kind of the onset, forty four catches, nothing impressive. But if you look at Jake Fromm's numbers, he only completed two hundred and six passes. So we're talking about a guy in Riley Ridley who caught twenty one percent, you know, of those complete, of the completion share. So I think you got to look at that first and foremost. This is a team with with a couple running backs in Holyfield and Swift who are very good, and they they don't necessarily spread the ball out. Um, you know, you also have Terry Godwin in there, and, and you don't have an offense. Even though Jake Fromm is going to be probably a, a prospect at some point, I don't. I just don't see this offense as one that you know, is going to blow you up. When you look at Riley Ridley's numbers, take it with a grain of salt It's really what I'm telling you because this, is, this offense is just not built to have a guy who's even going to have 80 or 90 catches by the looks of it from what I saw. So that doesn't concern me all that much. I've heard some people say that that is a concern. I don't see it as a concern. He has had some bad drops, though. I do notice some concentration issues, a little bit like we talked about with Nikhil Harry. He it's just once in a while it's just these really 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 bad drops so that's something that a guy who you know is a, it looks like a really really good route runner and is not going to win with athleticism just pure athleticism and is gonna have to win with some technique and win with some just really some grit and and just you know really honing his game in I would love to see him be a little bit more consistent with not dropping the football. And again, just not a great athlete. We talked about that already. Is you know, top end speed doesn't look that great though. I do think he shows some above, above average quickness and burst off the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, those first five yards, I actually think he makes up the first five yards to the defensive back very quickly. Um, and again, him working those comeback routes, hitches, curls, um, you know, quick outs. I think he actually does an exceptional job, maybe maybe better than anybody I've seen And just his quickness getting at, in and out of breaks is, is really, really good. So that's how he's going to win a guy like this. Again, look, these two guys here, J.J. Arcega Whiteside, Riley Ridley, I do think that they can have an impact. And I think that they're going to be somebody that you're going to want to look at in the third round of your rookie drafts, but they're not going to be necessarily impact players right away from what I can tell. And I don't think you're ever going to get a wide receiver one out of either of these guys either. You're either on the NFL team or from a fantasy perspective, I think you're probably going to be looking at long-term, you know, their ceilings are going to be more around the wide receiver three, maybe a uh, you know a fringe wide receiver two at some point. But right now, guys that you're going to want to target in the third round, a little bit lower than the first six that we talked about, J.J. Arcega-Whites out of Stanford, Riley Ridley out of Georgia. And so now we have eight in the books. We're going to have a couple more coming up. Hollywood Brown out of uh, Oklahoma and I'll have to take a look there's one other one or two other names that I definitely want to take a look at and we'll get to those on the next podcast on the next wide receiver film room before we jump into the running backs and into the tight ends so I hope you enjoyed this podcast I hope you enjoyed the content that we've been giving you in terms of some film room study on what we've seen you know from a lot of these players we've done quarterbacks already now we're onto the wide receivers we're getting ready to wrap up wide receivers. So again, I hope you're enjoying this. I hope this gets you prepared for your rookie drafts and it can get you in a good place to understand, you know, when you're in the first, second, and third rounds, particularly to at least to this point, we'll get a little bit deeper into it, that hey, okay, I understand what some of the pros and cons of these guys are. I understand what their tendencies are tendencies are, what offenses they'll fit into, what they do well, what they don't do well. And hopefully that will help you make some sound decisions come draft day. So thanks again for listening to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, James Swanson. You can li- listen and find the podcast. Subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play. And, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. You can find us pretty much anywhere. So, um, But, yeah, enjoy. And we'll talk to you next time on Pad the Stats. Have a good one. bye